G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As the global coronavirus pandemic hits new levels around the world, we might be increasingly anxious about our own circumstances when the mask of security in materialism dissipates and we're left with questions about our own existence, our own mortality, the Christian message of the gospel takes on an even greater meaning. So, for the evangelist's take on the developments that are happening right now, I've invited Australia's best-known and most-loved evangelist to talk about the changing mood in Australia in light of coronavirus. Bill Newman was due to be conducting evangelistic crusades in Fiji right now, but he's restricted to home duties like the rest of us, no international travel. Uh, Bill Newman, special welcome along to 2020. Oh, Neil, my my wings are clipped. <laughs> I know. Well, these days, Bill, you you most of your work these days really is uh, around Southeast Asia and uh, South Pacific Islands. Or like you know, you're travelling the world, and yeah, your wings are clipped. How does that feel? And I think they're going to be clipped for a fair time. I think the uh, domestic flights may come back into action. It'll be interesting to see what happens with. Virgin and Qantas, but uh, the overseas ones, when you're on those uh, planes for several hours, uh, I don't know how long that's going to take before the international flights are going to come back into uh, into play again. But it's interesting times, Neil, it really is. Uh, times that are changing, and we couldn't have known just a couple of months ago how dramatic the change would be. And along with all of the changes as they've been really biting around Australia, around the world, uh, I mentioned in the introduction we'll talk about how the mood is changing. The mood is uh, is very different today than it was just a couple of months ago, Bill. Yes, it really is. A lot of interesting, fascinating and wonderful things are happening, actually. Uh, you know, there's a little clip there by Greg Laurie. I heard that, uh, you know, he's... He's gone ballistic with his uh, services there in uh, Calvary Churches in California. Uh, they they had, I think, not this last Sunday, but the one before, over a million people listening. And I think the millennials and others are really listening to uh, the evangelistic message now more than ever before, Neil. So glorious doors are opening, and I'm just so, so thankful for media that's getting out there. And uh, what a time for Vision Radio to be taking the message right across the airways and everywhere that it's going. I'm so thrilled and uh, just to hear some of the stories that are happening, even now, uh, uh, Facebook page and people that are listening to that as well. And, um, you know, we've even had opportunities. We can't get to Fiji, but they've asked us now to do a half-hour television program in Fiji now. So that's a glorious opportunity that we're going to go into. And, uh, you know, we may be not able to go there physically, but now we can go with uh, television and not just reaching the three main centres where we're going to have major crusades, but uh, we'll reach all of the islands. 
So God's got his ways of doing things. Yeah, well, that's actually so significant because when you would have turned up in Fiji, as you say, those three main centres, and you might have been in a stadium or their biggest uh, complex that uh, perhaps holds thousands of people, but you can't be there personally, and now they're saying, let's do a TV program, we can beam it to the whole of the nation. So really there's, a, there's, something, there's something really significantly better about that, isn't there, Bill? I'm so thrilled, and uh, you know, how long before you're going into your new facility, Neil? We've been praying about this, and uh, but uh, you know, I'm so thrilled that Vision Radio have been raised up through the years, and now look, this is a strategic time for media everywhere, and uh, this is another area that we need to be using. But as but as Christians, we've got to use this time as well, and uh, use it to good effect. I said, don't uh, don't kill the time, fill the time. Let's <laughs> use this. Uh, time to really get ourselves prepared and you know that new facility uh, i know that the work is still continuing on and uh, of course they've had to uh, put all sorts of uh, physical social distancing in place but the work is continuing and everything is on track for vision to move into its new facility uh, in the next uh, over the next weeks and over the next month so uh, look forward to good things there hey bill <laughs> let's talk well, nobody... about sorry sorry uh, nobody deserves a new facility more than Vision Christian Media. If you work so hard, I've been there, down there with you, and uh, going from floor to floor and room to room. And uh, but you deserve it. You've worked so hard, and you've 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 blessed and and uh, the the work there that Phil and Ian and yourself and many others have done down there. All praise to God. But it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. I'm so thrilled. Great. Hey, Bill, let's talk about perceptions because, you know, you've got perceptions and you've got the facts, uh, perceptions on the current figures. I mean, if we were comparing ourselves to Europe, where I think uh, if you take the combined tally of the number of people who have died, uh, up over a 100,000 in Europe, uh, then you look at all of the challenging things in the United States and then we hear the headlines here in Australia, things going particularly well for us here. And let's not get too complacent about that, but let's talk about perceptions of current figures, infections and deaths around the world. Uh, this is a significant thing. What are your thoughts on on just the way the world is is uh, is challenged with this coronavirus? Well, look, it's, it's, we are so blessed in Australia. And this thing is so contagious. I was talking to Darren Brown about this, and he was saying that, um, you know, like it, the flu might show itself in a couple of days. This takes about 10 days to really surface. So, and then it's, it's so contagious, and it can go through the airway. And, and we've, it's, that's why it's just spread everywhere. It's kind of like these uh, ships. They're all congested together. And that's what Britain is like, that's what Europe is like, and these other places. There's so many people, Neil, and that's why it's just so contagious and it spreads everywhere. You think of the population in Australia fitting into California sort of thing, or even Los Angeles. So you can see the in- incredible um, uh, population place- places in the world, and that's why it spreads so quickly. Uh, it's it's just such a contagious, infectious disease. It really is. Bill, you've spent a lot of time in South Asia, and 
evangelistic mm. crusades in places like Nagaland and I think uh, Bangladesh. Uh, you've done crusades and uh, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people turn out for those sorts of things. Uh, the conditions in those places, we're not hearing really reports on our mainstream uh, news services about those. Have you had any reports back at all? Uh, do you know anything that's going on so far as the coronavirus threat in some of those nations? Well, um, I've, I've been speaking to Robert Cunville on the Billy Graham team. He's a great friend of mine. He lives up in Megalai in Shillong. And uh, that's all in lockdown up there. They're really frightened that it'll spread. But uh, the, the, the heartache, you know, we, we hear little things happening here. But um, And I've been speaking to my brother-in-law who, um, uh, who's got a great uh, medical work up in Kitkem, northern Uganda, and how fearful they are. Pray for our missionaries in these areas because they blame the foreigners now coming in and they're under a, a great lot of pressure. They people about going out in the streets and things like that. But uh, it, it's, it's really heartbreaking because they haven't got the medical facilities and the medical care. But um, uh, I'm so grateful that um, my brother-in-law, Andrew Wright, is doing up there. Many, many others like them, putting themselves into dangerous situations. Thank God. For the work that Franklin Graham and the uh, the the work of Samaritans Perth are doing, they've got that that mobile hospital in in Italy now, and they've got it right in Central Park opposite the Mount Olivet Hospital in New York. And uh, Franklin did a wonderful thing. He said, "I heard of somebody dying, and no one was there with them when they died." He said, "We're not going to do that." And so he said to the Mount Olivet Hospital, "Give me your worst cases," and uh, they've been giving him ones that are about to pass into eternity and they've been with them and they've nursed them and cared for them in that situation. So thank God for all of those, Neil, that are, that are working so hard with us at the moment and trying to contain this thing and we need to be praying for our leaders right throughout the world at this time that they'll be giving great wisdom. Bill, I wanted to talk to you today about the changing mood in Australia and what's happening around the world, but you're an evangelist. And, you know, you uh, you have a high respect uh, for the truth of the Bible. And there are all sorts of issues in the Bible that are raised uh, and even around the idea of end times, uh, plagues, pestilence. Uh, what are your thoughts for the biblical, uh, that you know, that God is not taken by surprise? In fact, these sorts of things are already predicted for times to come. What are your thoughts around plagues and pestilence in the Bible? Well, you know, let, let's have a look. Is this the judgment of God? That's what we've got to ask you. So if, if God's judging me, and my answer simply is, I don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, we'd love to be able to nail it. And so, but um, well, let's have a look at judgments. Look at the Old Testament, and I'm sure down through history, where God has judged nations. Different kinds of judgments. And then there's, uh, of course, we know the judgment in the time to come. Where there's the great white throne judgment for unbelievers. There's a judgment for Christians at the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, you know, but, but the, the, the worst kind of judgment, I think, is when God turns his back on any nation that uh, it, it just turns their back on him. And uh, in Romans chapter 1, where it says, uh, and God gave them over. I think that's the worst kind of judgment that we could possibly have where God can turn away from any nation that's turned its back upon him. Martin Isles, is a, 
<laughs> I felt very, very. Uh, I said, "What in the world am I following Martin Niles for?" You know, he's got a brilliant mind and a <laughs> trained mind uh, in legal profession, but he's got a clear, incisive mind about what's really happening in this particular area. But we don't know. But certainly, there is going to come a time of judgment in the world, and there will be pestilences and plagues. In in Revelation chapter six, you have the the different uh, riders on the the, the four horses there's the uh, the white horse which carries this great dictator to come in a in a coming day there's the second horse which is war the third horse which is famine and the fourth horse which is death and then it goes on to say uh, authority was given over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword with famine and with pestilences and by wild beasts of the earth fascinating they tell me that 90 76 percent of all of these viruses and diseases come from animals. We were down in southern Uganda uh, after the AIDS virus where it started off with monkeys down there. And, of course, with the travelling truck drivers, it just went right throughout the whole of the earth. Rats with the bubonic plague and others as well. So, you know, um, uh, th- this is sort of spreading through and uh, it's just uh, just going everywhere. It's, it's interesting, though, that uh, this word pestilences, and it's going to come... The Bible clearly teaches that there's going to be a time when uh, the, there's going to be God's judgment. If you read through the book of Revelation, there's going to be a horrific time of judgment. Thank God, Neil, for those who are doing the medical work today, those who are doing such a, a great work in that area, caring for us, all this. But in the coming day, in a judgment, uh, when God judges the earth, it's going to be horrific. What does it say? A fourth of the earth will kill with sword and with famine with pestilence and with wild beasts of the earth. There's going to be an incredible time of judgment coming on this earth. There won't be any medical help. There won't be anything like that. But thank God that we've got that help today. And this should just bring us into a position of thankfulness to God. The biggest sin in the Western world is an ungrateful spirit. When we go into these places in the world, it breaks your heart, Neil, when you see that they've got so little and yet uh, we come back to Australia and we've got so much. The goodness of God should lead us to repentance. And this is what's needed today in our nation today. This should cause us to turn to God. And I believe that that's what's happening. We are seeing a greater interest in spiritual things now than ever before. So, you know, we've got to be prepared. I'd say get prepared. It's like the room, the Melbourne Cup. You know, when they're going around, they... They position themselves for the final run to the winning post. We've got to position ourselves now as God's people so that when we come out of this thing, we're prepared to really take the gospel to our nation as never before and to other nations in the world. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. And Bill Newman, our guest, Australia's best known and most loved evangelist for an evangelist take on the developments that are happening around the world, on perceptions, on the changing mood around coronavirus, the COVID-19. Bill, before we develop our conversation a little bit further, I've been saying let's take some calls from listeners. 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Jenny in Portland in Victoria. Jenny, welcome along. Hello. How are you, Jenny? What are your thoughts? Well, I'm going to go off on a sidetrack a little bit. I keep hearing everybody carrying on about people dying on nobody there beside them. 
And I really don't understand why that is so terrible. There are children dying on the streets and have been for a long time all over the world. There are old people dying without anyone around. And personally, I don't really want anybody there when I die. I don't think that most of the people who'd want to be there, I wouldn't want there. Uh, well, that's an interesting and perhaps personal take on that. And, uh, you know, some might say the ones that I do want to have around when I'm dying are those who are closest to me because maybe I'm needing that extra comfort. Uh, Bill Newman, what are your thoughts? Uh, what do, you, do you have a perception here that, uh, or a response here for Jenny? Well, Jenny, that's, uh, and by the way, I love Portland. <laughs> You've got a lovely place to live down there, Jenny. But look, um, uh, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying because it's, it's heartbreaking. Death is always a wrenching thing, you know. It's, uh, uh, you know, when my father died, I was there, and it was just a heart-wrenching thing to see him uh, pass away. But, uh, and look, when we die, when we've got Jesus in our life, look, he takes the fear, the sting of death away. And uh, I believe that he gives us perfect peace when we go right into the presence of God. There'll be angels that'll just escort you right in the presence of God if you know the Lord is your Saviour and Lord. So, you know, that, but, um, you know, it, it helps people, too, with their grieving, too. Um, you know, I think that if we shut ourselves away, they need to go through a process of grieving our loved ones as well, and so that helps them. But, uh, yeah, if that's the way you feel, Jenny, well, you know, that, that's fine. But, I, I, you know, when I, I agree with you, there's so much heart, uh, you know, so much tragedy in the world, and uh, there's different reasons for this. Uh, you know, God can allow things to happen because man's, of man's independence of him. It could be uh, Satan is at work in the world today. He comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Satan wants to destroy the thing that God loves the most, which is humankind. And he wants to, he loves us, but Satan wants to kill. That's why you've got the wars. First World War, the Second World War, all the wars are down through history. It's Satan tried to destroy uh, mankind. And so, uh, you know, there's a, there's a real aggressive, I think, uh, work of Satan in our world today. So we've got to be aware of that uh, as well. But then, too, I love this verse, Jenny, if I can just read it to you from John 16:33. Jesus said, uh, These things I have spoken to you that, that in me you'll have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So we're going to have problems in this world. Like Job, he had problems, you know, and uh, it wasn't his fault. He lived an upright life, but of course Satan wants to destroy his life and wants to do that. So we need to come to the Lord and ask him to protect us and to guide us day by day, Jenny. Jenny, while I've got you on the phone, and uh, you've introduced an interesting perspective here, uh, that you would say, I don't really want my loved ones to be around me when I die. Uh, do you think, though, that there are going to be some who will be uh, not afraid of dying? Uh, there are going to be some who are even, you know, excited about entering into the presence of God, but others who are going to, perhaps because they don't have uh, a faith that takes that sting out of death, that they might be absolutely gripped by fear, and having someone by their side might be the biggest thing that they'd ever uh, want to happen. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Jenny? Do you, given that you look, I don't begrudge anybody who wants to have somebody there, but don't presume everybody does. Well, no, you know, I think... And I, I, I can understand some people do want to have a loved one there beside them. Yeah. But I couldn't think of anything worse than dying and having someone there that I don't really like. 
That's right. And you don't always have a choice, do you, as to who might be beside your bed. Jenny, thank you so much for your thoughts. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Let's take another call. Lee is on the line from Cardwell in North Queensland. Hi, Lee. Welcome. Uh, Neil, how are you doing? Good, Lee. What are your thoughts? uh, I'm relating the present challenges that society is facing, Neil, with... Uh, what God said in uh, 2 Chronicles 7, 13 and 14. We know 14 pretty well. But it's interesting what God said in 13. I'm just quoting here. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. I think that's a little bit like what we actually experience. But God gives the remedy in 14, of course. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, we've got a little bit of wickedness in society, haven't we? Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Uh, Good thoughts there to offer, Lee, and I'll get a a perspective here from Bill Newman because, yes, uh, verse 13 is often not talked about as much as verse 14 in Second Chronicles there. So uh, your thoughts here, Bill? There'll always be pestilences and problems in the world. I mean, you just have to look through history to see that. But, uh, Lee, that's a fabulous verse. I love that. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, starts with the church, uh, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, that's what the nation is going to do. Then I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. That word heal there is the word dirt, actually. It means he'll physically heal the land as well. So uh, I've seen places where it's been a desert and yet they have revival and, you know, it's beautiful again with grass and flowers and everything. So, you know, I I think that, you know, we've got to come as a nation back to God. If if this, uh, and with all the tragedy, all the sadness, if this can cause us to come back to God, then in that sense, it's going to be a good thing. Lee from Cardwell, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316, 1-800-316-316. You can respond on Facebook too. Is it easier to talk about your faith when times are easy or when times are tough? Uh, let's just reflect for a moment. Uh, as the poll is going at the present time, Bill, 20% of responders to that poll are saying easy. It's easier to share your faith when times are easy than when times are tough. But let's uh, let's just focus on that. We're just about a minute and a half out from news. Uh, what are your thoughts for people responding and saying it's a lot easier when, uh, when times are good? I think that's true. I think people are asking questions today. And particularly, as I said, the millennials and younger people, they're really, it's, it's steadying them up. You know, they're, they're wanting to know answers. What's with this thing? Where's it coming from? They look at the world with all of its problems and there's pressures right across the world. And uh, I think this is a great time. Um, three little words. Prayer, care, share. <laughs> Pray. We, heard it, we said that just a moment ago with the league. And then, uh, and, and then care. Look around your street. Look at people. Ring up people. Care. Show as many ways that you can care. But above all, Share, get ready, get ready to share your faith with as many people as you possibly can. Uh, Bill, let's, before we go any further, let's take another call. Uh, We've got another caller uh, on the line. John is in Adelaide. Let's take John's call before we move on. Hi, John, welcome. Good morning. John, good morning to Uh, you. What are your thoughts? 
Oh, I've, I've got a, a slant on it. Um, it's, it's not a matter of whether people are ready to receive or in rebellion. I think we need to understand and look at ourselves. We need to see that there are people out there who need Christ. And people may be asking the question, but they have a big, big problem that they're in rebellion. Okay? They, they think they need to come to a place of uh, having a, a different type of lifestyle, but they don't understand that it's receiving Christ as their personal saviour. The spiritual battle is that they need to receive Christ, understand who he is. And I think that we as the church need to be equipped to get deeper inside the understanding of what they personally need, and that is Christ. When your motivation is love, what you're saying is connect anyway. It doesn't matter whether it's a crisis or not. Uh, It doesn't matter whether people are uh, rejecting the message or whether they're receptive. Uh, You've got to be able to be ready when the time is good and when the time's not. Great thoughts there. Let's get a thought or two from Bill Newman. Bill. Well, you know, we're living in such a secular, humanistic, fun-loving society. And this comes along and it's causing people to questions and asking. But uh, Brother is absolutely right. There's got to be... What's our message? Repentance and faith. Plus nothing. <laughs> Keep it simple. Repentance and faith. There's got to be repentance. We're rebellious. We're, we're against God. We're at war with God until we turn around and come in humble uh, repentance and, and return to God. And there's got to be repentance and then there's got to be faith. Trusting Jesus Christ alone for salvation. And, and But it, it's, it's, it's causing people to stop and think and that's what we've got to be aware of at this pre- uh, present time. Neil, what we've done um, uh, through our um, emails and things like that, a lot of people are doing it. Our, on, on our website, we've got our, um, how, we call it Reaping the Harvest and How to Lead People to Christ. And it's a training in evangelism, several lessons there. We've got a booklet, uh, a free booklet that goes with it that people can uh, contact us and ask us for us. We'll send it to them in the mail. I think they're doing that already from our office. Uh, look, uh, get, as I said before, get prepared. Uh, when this is over, and it will pass, it's going to take a time, but that, it will pass, and when it does, let's be prepared so we can go to people and we can share the gospel simply and effectively with them. So uh, if they want to do that course, Reaping the Harvest, look, go to our website, do it, just get in contact with us at our office, and uh, we'd love to just get that simple little course to them so that they're prepared and ready for when we come out of this thing and we can go out and share the gospel openly uh, with as many people as we possibly can. Thank you so much to John from Adelaide for your insight. And uh, 1-800-316-316. To join in our conversation, you can respond on our Facebook question today too. The Facebook question, is it easier to talk about your faith when times are easy or when times are tough? And I mentioned, uh, as the figures are at the moment, 21% saying it's when times are easy that it's easier to share your faith. Uh, 79% of people saying it's actually harder when times are tough even though this is the time when people are asking questions. So it might be, Bill, that, uh, you know, if we think that it's the easy times when it's best to share our faith, that we're missing the most valuable time in the harvest when people are asking those questions. Yes. Well, look, we've, we've got to be prepared and we've got to be ready and we've got to be uh, 
you know, ready to share our faith with as many people as we possibly can. Well, and, and to skew ourselves in that particular area is, is so important. Why are we so hesitant to sharing our faith? I think when you madly in love with a person, you want to tell them <laughs> as many people as you possibly can. Uh, some of the reasons, let me give you some of the reasons why we don't share our faith more often. And 95% of believers have never, when you think of this, Neil, 95% of believers have never led a soul to Christ. Mm. William Booth said this, some men's passions is for gold, other men's passion is for fame. My passion is for souls. And uh, even Charles Spurgeon said, our great objective of glorifying God is to be mainly achieved by the winning of souls. 2 Corinthians 5.19, this is the wonderful message he has given to us to tell others. And there in an access is the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Now, what, what are some of the reasons why we were so hesitant? I, I think that in the Western world, we've got this spirit of timidity. We're afraid to share our faith. I think one of the reasons is we fear rejection, what people think of us. It doesn't matter five seconds after you did what anybody thinks of you. But that we fear rejection. We think it's the pastor's job. We pay him and he has to do it. Well, we're not sure of our own salvation. So we're a little bit afraid to share it with other people. Or maybe we've never taken responsibility of learning how. That's the beauty of this little course. Just four little verses with leading questions how you can sit down with somebody and just take your Bible and lead them right through to the Lord. And then to maybe our love for the Lord has grown a little cold. We need to look at that. Maybe there's sin or bad habits in our life that stop us. Or maybe we are just too busy doing so many other things. Or maybe... Uh, we've forgotten what it's like to live without hope. So many of us around Neil today and listening, those who are listening, so many are without hope in this world. And, uh, you know, we need to... And then, too, we don't know any unconverted, unsafe people. So we've got to start building bridges into people's lives so we can share with them, earn the right to be heard, and then share this the glorious message of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And to access any of those sorts of resources, uh, people just uh, can Google Bill Newman Ministries and you'll find Bill's website and undoubtedly there'll be an easy way you can access some of those resources. Talking about hope for a moment, Bill, before we take some more calls, uh, there is a certain sense and we we started talking about the end times and pestilences and those sorts of things that we might read from the Bible uh, in prophetic fulfillments and things like that. Not everybody understands all the intricacies of all of those things and People will be aware that, you know, sometimes people have different takes on this. But there's a certain sense here uh, that I do understand about the book of Revelation, about end times, is that it's not supposed to be scary. It's supposed to deliver hope because it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so when you start to talk about these end time scenarios, uh, we're not supposed to be afraid of them. We're supposed to have hope now because we know that God's got these things in control, that he's already predestined these things to happen. What are your thoughts around the hope that we have from the scriptures, even though we understand that there are hardships in there? Well, (laughs) uh, I remember reading a story one time in in this high school. There's an old janitor that was cleaning up the floors and he was sitting on the bench and he's reading his Bible. Of course, these young guys are practicing their basketball skills and uh, this young guy walked across and uh, he said to the old man, he said, uh, what are you reading there? He said, uh, I'm reading the book of Revelation. He says, my, that's a, that's a pretty intricate book. He said, uh, can you understand it all? 
He says, yes. He says, uh, I've read the last chapter. He says, well, what does it say? It says that Jesus wins. <laughs> Jesus yep. wins. And that's the, that's the exciting news that we've got. We have hope in a hopeless world. This world is hoping for the best. But Jesus Christ is the world's best hope. We've got hope. And it's, not a, it's not an ethereal hope. It's a solid, rock-solid hope that we have. We know as we read the Scriptures, you know, that we have hope in this world. And that's the message that we want to get out to people, that there is hope in this world. Yes, this world is going on uh, to a time of tribulation, where, as our friend from, uh, uh, said to us from Adelaide, uh, look, you know, there's, the man has rejected, he's rebellious against God, yes. And, and the only way that he can get man to turn back to himself is show that if man tries to govern himself, he's going to make a mess of it. Uh, you know, it's only when we leave God out of our lives, we make a mess of it. But one thing's going to happen. The Bible says this, and I love this verse. It says, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, in the church, there might be a question of timing, when it's going to be prophetically, when it's going to be, but it's going to happen. Jesus Christ is going to come again. And it's not a message of fear, but it's a message of faith. It's a message of joy, because he's coming back for those who have trusted him as Lord and Saviour, Neil, I can't wait for that time. I can't wait to see Jesus Christ face to face. So when we're looking at those passages and the book of Revelation afresh, uh, looking with eyes that don't see fearful things ahead, but recognize the hope that comes through faith in Christ. Because when we read those texts, and they're called apocalyptic texts, the idea of an unveiling. And so they're not unveiling the fearful things so that we'll be crippled by fear, but unveiling those things so that we'll be uh, encouraged and what will be birthed in us is hope in Christ. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Hey, we're taking calls, 1-800-316-316, a whole bunch lined up. Let's go through some calls uh, fairly quickly here. Troy in Victoria. Hi, Troy. Welcome. G'day, yes. Um, just looking at the message of um, sin and repentance, uh, one thing that we seem to forget in this day and age is, is most of the world doesn't know that there is a God that's worth returning to. Um, and I think part of the message of sin and repentance really needs to start is to start with um, that there is a good God that wants uh, a relationship with us. Great thought, Troy. Uh, Bill Newman, there is a good God. People need to know about him so that they can repent. Well, that's the charge that we're given. We call it the Great Commission, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And, uh, you know, we're seeing that. I'm thankful for... I've been into places right up into the... You know, you'd never think that there'd be any witness there, but there's always witnesses in these different places where God is sharing his, uh, his love and his mercy to people. And where there's a seeking soul, there's a seeking saviour. You know, we can only lead those places with the Lord. Okay, thank you so much, Troy. Let's go through another couple of calls here. Andrew is on the line from Catherine in the Northern Territory. Hi, Andrew. Welcome. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, um... <coughs> Look, in this day and particularly amidst the current situation we're in, we don't have to... Andrew, just let me just cut in for a moment. Uh, just not real clear here. Just be uh, careful how you're speaking into your phone piece there. Uh, start again. 
All right. I think in this day and age, we don't need to be as focused on trying to convince people there's a God to follow as we do need to be introducing people to our hope of glory and to the one who was our peace. People are stressed out. People are unsure of the future. And yet as a body of Christ, as a body of believers, we have a hope of glory. We have a peace that passes all understanding. And people in this moment, in this day, and in this situation, they want hope and they want peace. And we have the opportunity to introduce them to the one who is that hope and who is that peace. Andrew, fabulous thought there. Bill Newman, the peace of God is something you can experience right now today. What are your thoughts for Andrew? Uh, Look, I was speaking to a a young man uh, recently. He said, look, you have no idea what it's like to live without peace. And yet when I gave my life to Christ, a flood of peace came into my heart. So Andrew is right on the ball there. You know, people are looking for peace. They're looking for a sense of uh, purpose, meaning, fulfillment in life. And we've got that, uh, that, uh, that message bound in our Lord Jesus Christ. It's wonderful. So thank you, Andrew. Thank you so much, Andrew. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Let's take another call. Chris is on the line from Ararat in Victoria. Hi, Chris. Oh, hello. Good morning, uh, Neil and and Bill Newman. What are Um, your thoughts, Chris? Good morning. Good morning. Um, Neil, oh, sorry. Yes, um, where do I start? First, I want to just thank uh, Bill Newman for coming to Ararat last year for the crusade that was fantastic thank you very much bill oh and great and you're great to hear your voice chris oh god bless you bro um yeah yes i've been receiving the uh oh the best tract ever the greatest sentence ever spoken and that's fantastic I'm, i've been giving it out and the last uh, lot i've got um well now churches are closed and i've been putting a, a message on the back saying come to our church um i can't do that now because churches are closed I'm just wondering if I might be able to get permission to maybe put Vision Radio prayer uh, phone number on the back. Well, there you go. Uh, Bill Newman uh, putting a Vision Radio contact on the back of a Bill Newman tract. Is that the, is that what you're asking here? <laughs> what are your thoughts, uh, Bill? Well, look, go for your life. Put it there, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, our the purpose of Vision Radio, our purpose is to, you know, share the gospel and to see people responding Chris, that's fantastic. Um, Neil, that's our last little track that we've written, uh, and uh, we need to get it out through Vision Radio as well. Um, you know, the greatest sentence ever spoken, of course, it's John 3.16. Uh, that's the verse that really enlightened me. I, w- I come from a place called Lithgow in New South Wales, and I had friends who, who had cows, and I was up there at their, their cow yard one time, and this wonderful brother, he's a precious brother, he said, Bill... Uh, this is this is how you can be. You know you've got eternal life. Uh, and then he quoted John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He said, Bill, put your name in there. For God so loved Bill that he gave his only begotten Son. That if Bill believes in him, Bill won't perish, but Bill will have eternal life. <laughs> that made all the difference. The penny started to drop, and this poor little kid living there in uh, in Lithgow, and I started to understand what the gospel really is. So, Chris, thank you so much for getting that tracked out, and let's reach as many people as we possibly can for the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Chris from Ararat, thank you so much for your call. And you know what? It's always nice if someone says, oh, I'll put vision on the back of a tract. And that's all really well and good. Of course, as you'd know, the heart for us here at Vision is to connect people with a local church. So many yep. local churches are streaming their services online while they're not able to meet. And so it is still a good thing if you have tracts in your local community uh, to put your church on there and, in fact, put the address there uh, where they can get to your church website so they can access that streaming. And there's a couple of new websites that are out uh, now that are all about uh, the streaming opportunities that are developing uh, around Australia with local churches so that people in local communities can connect with uh, those churches in their community that are streaming their church live. So it's still a matter of connecting people to their local church and through the streaming mechanism rather than the meeting together. But at the end of this, when we're all able to meet again, uh, what's happening with all of the potential for the streaming connections is that those people uh, will be encouraged to come along to your local church. So it's really a, a matter of using all of that great technology. Uh, Bill, this is a, an interesting thing because churches can't meet right now. What are your thoughts thoughts for uh, for ones who are in communities and they feel like they'd go along to church right now because times are getting tougher, but there's no church for them to go to? What are your thoughts? Well, let's back up and say, what should we be doing to, to reach these people? Can I just give you, a, because I'm a preacher, I've got to uh, have a little outline. So uh, five little Ps. Here's the first one. Be practical. Let's be practical and uh, wash your hands and do all the practical things during this time uh, you know, and keep the social distance and all that sort of thing. Be practical, but then to be prayerful. Turn panic into prayer. You know, this is the time for the to really be prayerful, praying for those all around us. And then to be proclaiming. We've got a message of hope. When the church is at its darkest, the church needs to shine its brightest. So we need to be proclaiming Jesus Christ. A.W. Tozer said, a scared world needs a fearless church we need to be proclaiming and then keep your perspective god's still on the front throne so turn fear into faith as i read it last time god is still on the throne in the scriptures so and then to be prepared to meet god the safest place in the world is in the arms of a loving god so be prepared to, to meet god as a believer look a dear friend of mine uh, darren brown he's got the ignite church on the sunshine coast He's, and, and you mentioned this word a little earlier, uh, Neil, reset. This is a time to reset. Uh, you know, in your computer, you can have a harsh reset where you get rid of a lot, or you can have a soft reset where you get rid of unnecessary junk that's in your computer. This is a time for us to reset. Get rid of junk and unnecessary stuff in our life. Reset our life right now. Get prepared. Prepare yourself. Get into the Word of God. Get into prayer. Prepare yourself. Read extensively. Don't kill the time. Fill the time. Use it for God's glory. And let's get prepared because there are those out there who will be hungry for the for spiritual things. Let's get prepared to reach them with a wonderful message of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Another way of framing the value of the gospel here, Bill, as you say, becoming prepared to meet God. 
now? I mean, sometimes I know it's in the evangelist's repertoire to talk about, you know, if you're killed tonight, are you going to be with your maker in heaven? But so this idea of being prepared to meet God, the way that we actually deliver a good news message is that we help others to be prepared to meet God as well because there is uncertainty. Uh, This uncertainty creates the opportunity for people to be receptive to the gospel. In that little track that uh, Chris mentioned, I give the illustration, here's a man about to step out onto the road, and uh, a big truck is coming. He's shortly going to be wiped out. But a young man is standing there, sees what's happening, pushes him out of the way, and is uh, killed by the truck. Jesus Christ did the same thing for us. We were going to be destroyed. We're going to be separated from God. But Jesus Christ died on the cross so that he took the penalty, the punishment for my sin, Neil, for your sin and those listening to us. He died on the cross so that our sins can be forgiven. He took the judgment of God on behalf of us. But we have to make a decision. When I, when the planes get back in the air, when I go down, I can believe that that plane will take me to my destination. I can stay in the airport. I can have my ticket. I can walk down the, uh, the causeway to the plane, down the tunnel. But there comes that time when I have to step into the plane. I have to entrust myself to the pilot and the crew and that plane to get me where I want to go. That's what faith is, believing. That's what believing is, entrusting our life to Jesus Christ. Neil, if there's someone listening to us right now, you're not certain that you have this wonderful gift of eternal life. If you were to die right now, are you 100% certain that you're going to be with God in his heaven? You say, well, Bill, I think so. Not good enough. You've got to know so. Neil, can I just pray a little prayer now? Yep. And those listening to us, if they're not certain that they have this wonderful gift of eternal life, Pray with me this simple little prayer. There's nothing magical about it. It's simply a simple prayer entrusting your life to Jesus Christ. Say this to the Lord silently from your heart, and you'll hear that prayer. Say, Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, today I come to you. I thank you that you love me, that you died for me on the cross, and rose again from the dead. Lord Jesus, forgive my sinfulness. I turn from my sinfulness to you. I entrust my life completely into your your hands. I now receive your gift of eternal life. Lord Jesus, I pray it in your strong name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Bill, we have run out of time. Uh, Always appreciate your insights. As the evangelist, never miss the opportunity for leading others to Christ with a prayer of repentance, a prayer of salvation. And thank you for leading us with that prayer. Let me point people to the website where uh, some of the resources, and you know, you've written a dozen or more books, Bill. I'm, I'm sure you've just about lost count, but b- <laughs> bnm.org.au, Bill Newman Ministries, bnm.org.au. And uh, those who haven't responded yet on the Facebook poll, uh, continue the conversation there. Others will have written comments. Is it easier to talk about your faith when times are easy or when times are tough? Uh, Bill Newman, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Uh, God bless you, Neil. It's just great to be with you. And God bless the work of Vision Christian Media. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.